This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz. I'm here with Zach. Um, Zach, last night. What a shit show. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That game, <laughs> the Raiders scored zero points against the Vikings. I'm curious now, like, how good is the Vikings defense? <laughs> or is it how bad <laughs> it, no. the Chargers defense? You right, can take to- <laughs> zero from that game. The Chargers are abysmal. Like, think, oh my. they're dealing with injuries. Like, all right, they're dealing with injuries. I'll give them that. But Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen being out does not justify 42 points in the first half. And then also 63 overall, like just ridiculous. <laughs> I thought I, I thought it was going to be bad, but like that was beyond any expectation that I had. And there were some garbage time points at the end, but who really had Quentin Johnson in the lineup? And is it Alex or Andrew Erickson, whoever it is, you know, that got the touchdown <laughs> yep. at the end? Like they went, they gave the touchdowns. If you can give touchdowns to anybody, like give it to Austin Eckler, somebody that you know is in a fancy lineup. You know, we talk about garbage time. You're giving it to these guys that are all the way down the depth chart. Like forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> the fact that Zamir White didn't have like 30 points in this game uh it's just absolutely mind-boggling to me you know so i ended up starting him against you last night um and you know my decisions so obviously i had nico collins you know probably not playing so i had to make a call i had zamir white and i said okay i have kenneth walker i have zamir white who do i start and i also had devin singletary also on my bench right so Right. You know, you had I had Kenneth Walker going up against Philly. I'm like, well, you know, if Geno Smith doesn't play, what if this turns into a negative game script that it's more of Zach Charbonnet and it's a tough matchup? I just like I pulled the trigger and and I'm and I'm pretty happy with the results because you know Zamir yeah. White ended up scoring a touchdown early. He got solid volume, like close to 20 touches. That's really all you want. Like that's all you, you can ask more. for. 
<laughs> you should have, you should yeah, have yeah, had absolutely more. should have had more. But th- this was a game where the Raiders were just exercising the demons from last game. They didn't care. That, they didn't care that they were up 42 nothing. They came out and they had the trick play from Aiden O'Connell to Jacoby Myers and out to Devontae Adams. It was just like freaking hilarious. And, and what, what Aiden O'Connell could have had five or six touchdowns this game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If they weren't yeah, throwing to, to Jacoby Myers to throw it, you know, multiple times, Jacoby Myers ended up with two scrimmage touchdowns. You know, one was passing, one receiving. It was, it was hilarious last night. I, I was Trey, loving it. Trey Tucker. Trey yeah. Tucker, two Who? touchdowns. Devonta Adams we had a great game. Um, can we talk about Austin Eckler for a second? Oh, we're going to – we are going to start a dialogue. <laughs> you ever see that meme? That <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. This is uh, – I think we got to post that meme, Zach. I think we got to post that meme this morning. <laughs> it's time to start a dialogue. I have another it's one awesome made. I, I'll show it to you afterwards. And I hope anybody who's listening at, that has followed, that's been following the Instagram account, has been enjoying the memes. And we're we're, we're changing it up a little bit. I, I've been loving it. Uh, hopefully, you guys are liking it. But we're going to be continuing to do that. You know, pretty much the rest of the season. So hopefully, you guys are enjoying it. Zach has been really showing his creativity on these memes. Like that's all him, guys. Like on you know, if you follow us on Instagram, <laughs> you've been seeing the memes. Like, why is Faraz like? Where did Faraz come with? Like, how's Faraz coming up with these memes? No, 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 no. It's not for us. It's Zach. <laughs> uh, so you know, with the newsletter, with these memes, he he's really with the graphics. His his creativity is shining. For We're us, trying. right? We're now. trying. Okay, it's it's but uh, to be relatable. Let, I'm, I can relate to him sometimes. <laughs> Well, let's start though with Austin Eckler. Yeah. Like this, like this is not uh, a good situation, and you know the questions arise arising now: Is he washed, right? And I, I think, uh. I think it's a valid question, okay? Because he's not looking like the same guy, you know, at all. I understand like how bad the offense looked last night, and you know you don't want to take away a whole lot from that. But then when you add that to what we've been seeing lately and obviously last week in week 14 you know he was solid he was solid right um he had it actually a chip on the shoulder really good matchup on paper yeah <laughs> yes that's true 1000 percent. and you know usually austin eckler's matchup proof right and you don't really have to worry about it but he just hasn't been playing well man and it's and it's getting to the point where like a lot of people most people who had austin eckler had him in the lineup last week last night and they would they did not sleep well because they're going into s- this weekend now I was going to say Sunday, but we have games on Saturday, guys. Just just, just keep that in mind. We have yeah. games on Saturday, so Don't make sure to set those lineups. <laughs> set those lineups like tonight, okay? Um, make sure th- those are set tonight and early tomorrow morning. But, um, but yeah, this is not a good situation, man. And if you have Austin Eckler and you end up making your way to the second round of the fantasy playoffs somehow, some way, I would really like second-guess starting him next week. Yeah, I don't know. We had him, we had him lower in our rankings this week, but not this low because I, I I didn't expect this to be the case. Obviously, this is a weird game script, but the fact that Isaiah Spiller got 16 carries last night compared to Austin Eckler getting five. I, I know Austin Eckler had to work in the receiving game, but the fact that Austin Eckler isn't getting those carries, not only are they living out what Brandon Staley said about maybe there being a split in the backfield in terms of the workload, but now you couple that, like you mentioned, with him looking washed. I don't, I hate using the word washed with Austin with wash with Austin Eckler because this is a guy he's Mr. Fancy Football. Like he's been fantastic for us all these years. But for some reason it seems like he got injured. You know, obviously week one, he looked good, got injured, came back, and he hasn't been the same. Like the light switch is all the way off. It was he flipped the switch. He came back, he wasn't he's not efficient. 
He hasn't been efficient. He, he had some efficiency last week, like we mentioned, in a good matchup on paper against the Broncos. They only scored seven points in that game. It's also part of the offense, but there's definitely something to be said, you know, for Austin Eckler here, where it's this isn't the Austin Eckler that we're used to seeing. And the Raiders, the Raiders are giving up 4.29 yards per carry on the ground. Like, and coming into this game, it was a little higher than that, you know? So right. this is not like this is a bad matchup. This is a good matchup, you know? And then <laughs> yeah. he, you know, he, and, you know, but listen, like, you know, with the quarterback situation, like, you know, this is not a deal. They're stacking the box. And did you see that interception? Like yeah. The dude <laughs> ran across the line of scrimmage, basically picked it up with one hand and ran it in. It was almost like yeah. varsity versus JV. Like, yeah, that's what it felt like. Like, it was just like they were just having fun out there, man. Like, it was, it was just like last big brothers night against one little play. brothers. Yeah, pretty much. It was last night in one play. That's what that was. And it's just, it's brutal. Anyway, I don't know what's going on with the Chargers offense. Like, I, I know, I know they're injured and stuff, but this was happening. This type of like shit performance has been happening week after week, even when Justin Herbert was in there. You know what I mean? So they got real issues on offense. It's just, it, it blows me away. I didn't think we'd be having this conversation at this point. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I do want to say the Isaiah Spiller thing, like this was like mop up duty. Like this was like later in the game where they were just trying to get the hell out of there. Yeah. The game script, you 100%. know, yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, Austin Eckler was like, you know, off the field at that point. It was no point of having, having him <laughs> in there, but this was not a, a good situation. Anyway, none of the Chargers even wanted to be on the field like eight minutes <laughs> into the game. <laughs> like it was just terrible. You could see it. They weren't tackling. It was just ridiculous. Let's hit some news. Um, a couple practice reports. Uh, Brian Robinson, the guy who was expected to practice this week, according to Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera can't get anything right, dude. Can't get anything right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Antonio Gibson, you know, would be a, a very solid RB2 start uh, if Antonio Gibson can't go. All right. To be clear, to um, be, hang on. Hold on. You said Antonio Gibson would be a very solid start if Antonio Gibson can't go. And then also, before that, you said... I just want to clarify this for the listeners. You said Brian Robinson, who was supposed to practice, and then you left it open-ended. I just want to make sure. Did he practice? I don't think he did, right? I want to be very clear here. Um, I I went out last (laughs) night. (laughs) I just want to make sure, like, clarify. Because I'm sitting here, I'm like, hang on. Like, we're building up to it. We're like, okay, oh boy, here he goes. Did Brian Robinson practice? And then you just like, Antonio Gibson would be a good play. It's like, oh, wow. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm Zach, just making sure. You gotta. I, I appreciate that, and like, I need you to like, uh, you know, you, you gotta keep me honest here, okay? And you gotta keep me, uh, <laughs> keep me afloat, okay? Just officially, you are now running this episode, okay? Like, you have yeah, to make no. sure that things are going smoothly, okay? This is all in your shoulders it, listen, at this it's point. A um, yeah, I'm sorry. What do you want us to do? All right, Brian <laughs> Robinson happens. did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday, okay? So Antonio Gibson would be a very solid RB two start. If Brian Robinson does Correct. not play, there we go. Very good. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Now <laughs> playing Mad Libs. <laughs> now it is possible that uh, we see some of Chris Rodriguez on early downs. Uh, he did kind of work in a little bit lately. Like there was a there was a period of time where like the, he was really eating in to Brian Robinson's workload, even when he was healthy. And then he just stopped getting work. And then just like very recently, he started getting uh, just a little bit. So I can see him working in a little bit. Uh, you know, we kind of see these like running backs start to get some opportunity later in the year. These rookies, like we saw it happen with Chase Brown, right, in Washington. I'm sorry, in uh, in Cincinnati. And now we're seeing it in Washington. <laughs> Zach's laughing yeah. at me because I keep making <laughs> mistakes. Um, no, you're good. You're good. But, uh, but yeah, no, it, it, this is a situation. Where, see, Antonio Gibson, he was already... You never know when he was going to score, right? He has that ability in the receiving game. 
Uh, he was using the red zone at times in the receiving game. So they're going to throw the ball so much in this game against the Rams yeah. uh, that Antonio Gibson is the play uh, if you're going to play anybody. So I, this- I think he has RB1 upside this week. You know, RB2 start, but RB1 upside. So do you think this game's just going to get out of hand pretty quickly? Where they're going to be? No, in that I don't game think it's going to be out of hand. Think, I think, think it's going to be competitive. I think it'll be competitive. You know, kind of like the Rams scoring a lot of points, but the Commanders already you know throw the ball a lot. So there's going to be right. a lot of plays overall. Like when you when we look at the end of this game, I think just like the, the sheer number of plays on both sides of the ball um, mm-hmm. is going to be. It might be the most plays of out of any game. Uh, you know, uh, this week. Um, Are you maybe, slapping that you know, with your bold prediction da- sticker? Well, right you know, I'm looking at Dallas Buffalo. I, I can see that, you know, having a similar tune uh, as well, you know, because that those teams play fast. But um, the thing, the thing about that game is apparently the weather could be a factor, and it's supposed to be like yeah. relative, not cold, but like relatively windy and wet. So like that one, I'm I'm a little it- leery now. All of a sudden, yeah, it is. I think last I checked, it's like a 55, 60% chance of rain, but they said like a 15, 20 mile an hour. Is that game on Sunday? Yeah, it's Sunday at four. So, okay. It's showing, yep. Yeah, it's showing. So, no rain early on that day, but then around four o'clock when the game starts, 75% precipitation, uh, 10 to 15 mile per hour winds. That's not including the wind gusts. Um, so yeah, I can see that. There yeah. Could be issues yeah. in that game. So maybe like yep. I don't want to lump it in. I, I think if you have to pick a game, and I know you didn't have that weather context talking about that game. On paper, that looks like yeah, there would be a lot of plays. But if you talk about which plays, which games are gonna have more plays, I, I'm with you on Washington and, and the Rams having that uh title. That's what it seems like at this point. A thousand percent. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, we, we hit Washington there. Like that, that that just this entire game is gonna have a ton of fantasy points. Um uh, let's see. So CJ Stroud, obviously still not playing. You know, we, we did have some injury questions from a few of the guys. So by the way, this is the mailbag episode. Uh, we did not mention <laughs> yeah. that, uh, but this is the mailbag episode. We appreciate you guys submitting all of the questions that you did. We have a whole bunch of questions here, uh, that we're going to kind of go over. Um, but we did have a couple of injury questions. I know there was, uh, oh yeah. So, uh, at zero five EBAS. So Oh five EBAS. He he asked, "What's with Nico Collins and Devon Achan's availability?" My guess is that Nico Collins is not going to play um, this yeah. week, and I, he doesn't practice all week. I don't expect him to practice today on Friday. Um, I, I I would expect him to be out, find another option. We might be looking at the same thing for Devon Achan, man. Uh, he you know he yeah. has that toe he has so that toe injury. He has that. Um, do you have Devon Achan against me in in um in our league? Yeah, so I have both Devon Achan and Tyreek Hill in our league. <laughs> Who are both well? Tyreek Hill's day to day. He's not like as bad. But what pisses me off is on a Wednesday or it was a Thursday yesterday. They come out and they say Devon H. And they don't say he's questionable. They don't say he's trending towards out. They don't say he's probable. They say his status is quote unquote unknown. And that really pissed me off because it's like, what are we supposed to do with that as fantasy managers? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's not going to help us. We have to assume that he's not going to play. That's what we yeah. have to do. And we have to find other options. And, um, you know, it's funny how, like, in the midst of me explaining this news to everybody, the first thing that I default to is, like, wait, 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 hold on a second. Uh, do you have Devon Nation going up against me in the first round of the playoffs? <laughs> because, you might luck out. You, know, you might just completely luck out because I'm missing Mark. I hope so because I, I, I didn't luck really. out last week. You, you had Zeke going up against me last week. Uh, that was yeah. annoying. 
Um, no, I'm gonna try it again. I don't think it's gonna happen again. But he's still you know what I was thinking it. about? I was thinking about it because last week you had to plug in Zeke, right? Uh, you know, on a Thursday night, and this week I had to plug in Zemir White on a Thursday night. Didn't work as well as the Zeke play did, but like at the end of the day, it was still a very good play. Seventeen points, I would take it. Like Hell we we had yeah. this conversation. We had this conversation last week with Zeke. I said if I had twelve or thirteen points from Zeke, I would have been happy. But you get twenty seven. It's like okay, awesome. I'm going to rely on Zeke again. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, let's talk about Zeke. We had a question from at underscore big dot levy underscore asks, uh, can Zeke Elliott keep up top 10 production the rest of the way? And I I, I think top 10 production is asking for a lot, but if you're going to get 29 touches, (laughs) like that's (laughs) indicative of like a top five running back, right? Like, you know, yeah. here's the thing. Like, we're not going to see the Patriots offense, like, do what they did and move the ball the way they did against the Steelers, especially in that first half of that game. Um, And, and Zeke played well, you know, and he's excited to get be a workhorse again, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but, you know, we can't expect efficiency. Um, I think he's still an RB2. He's definitely higher than a low-end RB2. Like, uh, going into last week, I had him as a low-end RB2. This week, I have him as a mid-RB2, if I'm not mistaken. Um, right. Let's see where I have him here this week. I have Zeke and- at... Uh, 17. So, yeah, you know, pretty, pretty solid. Uh, but yeah, he does have RB1 upside because he's involved. Like, if he's going to be involved in the receiving game, like the way he is and getting the carries the way he is, mm-hmm. like it's, it, and he scores, let's say he scores a touchdown, which I wouldn't expect most weeks. But if he scores, like, you're, this you're, week. Definitely, you're definitely looking at an RB1, uh, yeah. you know, play uh, result if he ends up scoring. But uh, you were saying, yeah, I was going to say, tough matchup this week. You talk about, is he going to score? If, the, if there was a week he wasn't going to score, it might be against the Chiefs because they're very good on defense. But the way that I look at it you, with Zeke, I don't think we're going to have 27-point upside every single week. It might look right. bad. Like it, I think the utilization is going to be there regardless. It might look bad this week, but I'm not going to be hesitant about starting him as long as Ramondre Stevenson is out. With Zeke, this is top-of-the-line usage, like not – Low, mid RB1 usage. This is elite RB1 usage. And if you're going to be getting eight targets, catching seven passes, averaging 10 yards a catch, because they're dumping it off to him over the middle three or four times a game. And he's like a five yard dump off. He gets a couple more yards after contact. Like you do that a couple more times a game, you're going to have a 10 point floor very easily. And that's kind of what I'm yeah. looking for from Zeke at this point. So I'm confident in Zeke to have very useful fantasy days. You shouldn't be worried about having him in your lineup moving forward as long as Ramondre Stevenson is out. Top 10. He has that upside. He's not going to reach it every week, but he can keep up, you know, that he can keep it up to a point where it's like the upside is in that top 10 range. And that's the way I look at it. You know, you have a chance for upside, but you also have a solid floor. Like this is one of those situations. Don't expect this to continue outside of the season or as soon as Ramondre Stevenson comes back, it's going to change. But just take advantage of it now because we, the Patriots are telegraphing who they're giving the ball to. <laughs> you know, they know who they know who's going to get the ball. They don't have anybody in the receiving game. I mean, Demario Douglas is going to be back, so maybe things lighten up a little bit for Zeke in the past. Maybe, game. but I still think he has a really solid baseline that you can't take away from. Yeah, um, Demario Douglas was limited in practice yesterday, <laughs> so we'll see if he's back we'll from see. the concussion yeah. protocol. I, I think he will be back, but you know, he has to get cleared. Um, the the hope then, that the hope is that he, you know, they are hopeful that he clears this week. Yeah, and then staying in that backfield, we had another question. You know, from mm-hmm. T underscore Banks ten twenty four, he's asking if you have Ramondre Stevenson. You know, if you don't have Zeke and he's not doing the work for you, if you have Ramondre Stevenson on your roster, are you keeping him or are you dropping him at this point? Because we know that he isn't ruled out for the rest of the season, but he's been out and he's looking like he's going to be out again this week. Like, what do you, what are you doing with him if you have him on your lineup, on your roster? I should say. I think I'm okay dropping him. 
you know, if I really need the room because he has a high ankle sprain. The chances that he's back for week 16 are low. And even if he does come back, how comfortable do you feel starting him? Like, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him at all because it's a high ankle sprain. Like, guys don't come off of those injuries and just get a full workload right away, especially when you have a healthy Zeke. Uh, I would not be, uh, you know, expecting Ramadri to just get all the work again. Remember, like, when, when Ramadri and Zeke were sharing the work earlier in the year, like, having Ramadri was very frustrating. He did not have that floor that he's had, you know, very recently where, you know, he was heating up, and then as soon as he heats up, he gets hurt. Um, and then right. week 17, let, my guess is that he'll be back for week 17 if that, right? And if he's back mm-hmm. in week 17, same situation. This could be a 50-50 split down the middle because I don't think they're just going to move away from Zeke uh, when he's healthy and Ramadre, you know, is coming off, you know, an injury that, you know, can be easily re-aggravated. Um, yeah. I, I just don't see a situation here where you're going to get even one game of Ramadre getting all the work. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And then you also have to take into account, like, I know the Patriots offense didn't look bad against the Steelers on Thursday night, but, like, remember what they were doing before that game <laughs> and how bad this offense was. There's not going to be a whole lot of touchdown upside to go around. It just happened that Zeke got that touchdown and Bailey Zappi looked like Tom Brady for a night. That's fine. I don't think that's going to keep happening either. So you you take in the fact, like you mentioned, he's going to be injured probably the rest of the way. He's never going to be – I don't think he – he's going to get 100 – going to get to 100% eventually. It just might not happen this season, and that's going to work against him, especially when you have Zeke, who's used, he's had the workload. I don't know if Ramondre Stevenson does a lot more than what Zeke did on Thursday night if he gets the same workload. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to compare yeah. them at this point in their careers. You know, Obviously, Ramondre Stevenson is very young yet. Zeke is, you know, on, I don't want to say he's on his last leg, but he's obviously on the back half of his career. I don't want to compare him, but if you're getting comparable production, there's no reason to rush Ramondre Stevenson back any season that's already lost, you know, if they want him to be the guy long term, that's the keep him fresh. You know, you don't throw him out there and have him reaggravate something else. So I, I'm with you on this one. I think if you need him, or if you need somebody else off the waivers and you need somebody to drop, like there is a case to be made to be made for that. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. A couple more pieces of news. Uh, Chris Gowin, he remains sidelined for Thursday's practice, so he is a chance that he misses this week. I know some people were considering Chris Gowin uh, as a flex play this week. So, you know, Mike Evans is obviously, you know, a must start 
Um, I we did get a question around Evans, if I'm not mistaken, um, around did, Justin yeah. Jefferson as well, didn't we? I'm yeah. So here. at Brett Fearing, yeah, he's asking. He says, "I have Mike Evans, AJ Brown, and Justin Jefferson. Really considering benching Jefferson, is that a bad idea?" With those options, like if you have to start two. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be the one that gets kept out. I mean, I want to find a way to get him on my flex if I can, unless you have like, you know, badass running backs. Uh, But I think (laughs) out of those three running backs, I think Jefferson is going to be ranked last for me. Yeah. And and I look at it that way too. Just look at the situations they're in. We've seen like three running backs. Did did I say three running backs? I think I did. You catching? I meant three wide receivers. I was just going to let it. I was just going to let it slide there (laughs) because it wasn't worth the interruption. But now we're interrupted. So what the fuck for us? What are you doing? I'm kidding. (laughs) But anyway, like I I would agree with you here. Like we've seen Mike Evans do his thing. Don't let the game last week with Mike Evans scare you off of starting him this week. Don't let him. They'll be like, oh, he had one point for me. He didn't do hardly anything. Like, don't worry about it. He has been Baker Mayfield's go-to guy the entire season. He's hit his thousand yard mark again. He's scoring touchdowns like crazy. I think he's going to bounce right back and be just fine. AJ Brown too has a fantastic matchup. The, the Eagles need to bounce back. I think they're going to AJ Brown. He had a solid game last week, but he hasn't been anywhere near the level that he was earlier in the season. The targets are still there. You know, it's, it's just the offense overall in Philly hasn't been as good. I'm still going to lean into that matchup. We've seen him connect with Jalen Hurts plenty of times. Justin Jefferson's coming back. I don't want to say he's going to be less than 100%, but you never know. And then you also look at the quarterback situation, and you have TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison, that same offense, competing for targets. It's just pretty mathematical at this point. If you take the situation that these wide receivers are in, you remove the names, like it's going to be pretty easy. You're going to pick Justin Jefferson as a guy that sits on the bench. Speaking of Justin Jefferson, uh, at Miles M13, he has a question around his quarterback. If CJ Stroud doesn't play, which is seeming it's seemingly like like he's not going to play because he's still in the concussion protocol, he still hasn't practiced. I would assume right. that he's going to be out. You never know; there could be a late, um, you know, um, a late clearance here, but yeah. I doubt it. Um, but he's asking. He, these are his quarterback options, okay? Tommy Cutlets, Desmond Ritter, Derek Carr, or Nick Mullins. Ugh. And there's a reason why I transitioned from Justin Jefferson to this question. Because you you look at it and like these are just like some bad options, right? And yeah. you have Devito going into New Orleans, uh, possibly getting Darren Waller back, so that's that's good for him. Uh, but you know you're kind of hoping for a miracle with this guy, right? Desmond Ritter goes into Carolina; like, he he just doesn't play well away from home, and this isn't a great matchup. Derek right. Carr, like, can we really trust this guy? <laughs> right? Like, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> with like, Chris just... Olave maybe being out, I, I can't. Like originally, not, I would have said go with Carr. Well. You know, but I don't know if you saw, but like Chris Olave missed past two practices this week. Yeah, you know, obviously yeah. we'll see what happens today. But if he's gonna be without Chris Olave, like what are you really shooting for with Derek Carr? That's a complete punt if you put him in your lineup for me. That's the way I look at it. I would go even with Carr if Olave was playing. Even if Olave was playing, man, I don't know if I trust Carr. You know, the guy that I'm leaning here, uh, leaning towards is actually Nick Mullins. Like I you right. know, you call me crazy, but like he has the weapons. Okay, he's he's playing within an offensive system that I trust. There's a reason why a smart coach like Kevin O'Connell made this change when they're in the midst of a playoff push. Uh, I, I think he can play within the system, right, and be relatively safe. So, like you know, two fifty and two touchdowns, like that, that's like kind of what I'm what I'm envisioning here for Mullins. Right. So, yeah, um, I, I lean in his direction if I had to choose one of these guys. I just don't can't trust Carr right now. The thing is, when you can't trust Carr, is when he plays his best, and. Um, <laughs> 
that's just how it is, right? So maybe we do yeah. a little bit of reverse reverse psychology and play car if a lot of it goes. But uh, me personally, like, I, I think I'm going to go Nick Mullins here. Yeah, so th- it comes down to the question, and we have another question kind of bouncing off of this. What I'm about to say, we have another question about it. What upside do you really have with Carr versus what you could have with Mullins? <laughs> at exactly. that point, you're at the bottom of the barrel already. Like, pick out the one that has the highest upside at that point. Like, to go off of just this guy's question here, Ritter, I don't trust him at all. The Panthers have been very good against the um, against quarterbacks and wide receivers this season. They don't allow a lot of fantasy points. So, Ritter going into that one, I don't trust him. Tommy DeVito, I love the story. Fantastic. But the Saints have been pretty good against quarterbacks all season. You know, obviously they let up against running backs over the past few weeks. So maybe Saquon's looking like a pretty good play this week. But if you look at what you have left here, assuming you don't go with those two guys, it has to be Mullins for me. Because if the upside, like you mentioned, is 250 yards and two touchdowns, do I trust Derek Carr to do that? No, I I just don't. Christian Watson didn't practice on Thursday. Um, (laughs) His head coach also said that, we're not expecting him to practice on Friday either. So <laughs> it seems like he's going to be out this week. Uh, we had a question from at Nick Salem underscore. Uh, he asks, how do we feel about Drake London and Jaden Reed? Uh, and I think, I think the, this question is who should I start? Uh, that's what I'm yeah, assuming. This I think is. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just talked about Desmond Ritter, right? And, and mm-hmm. you know London had a great game last week at home, but you know this is a, a this is a, an away game, tough matchup. London himself has a tough matchup against Carolina. Carolina has been really good against wide receivers this year. I'm shying away, especially if I have an option like Jaden Reed, who I'm very bullish on this week. All right, great matchup. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks haven't been good against slot wide receivers this year. He's getting work in the run game on very nicely designed plays in the run game too. It's like, these are like, these are like plays designed to score touchdowns, uh, yeah. which is really awesome. Um, 10 well, targets last play week. designed to score a touchdown. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. I guess so. That's what they um, say, but 10 targets last week. Uh, he had like 12 yards on those 10 targets, but you know, he had the 10 crazy. targets. He had a bunch of receptions, um, extremely low average depth of the target, but like, he's going to get it done. Okay. Um, three top 12 finishes in the last five weeks. You know what I'm saying? Pretty good. So I think Reed is a low end or, you know, borderline wide receiver to play this week. I think the only reason this is a question is because Drake London had a hundred some yard, 170 yards last week. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason this is a question. I I love Drake London. Don't get me wrong. Love him as a talent dynasty. Still I'm on him. You know, I I think things can get better in Atlanta quickly. Like maybe if they draft a quarterback this season, we'll this year, we'll see what happens. Like, Oh, just, just side note. I know Jaden Daniels probably played himself up into the draft, like up into the top 10, 15. But imagine if he yes. slips down to that range where the Falcons are <laughs> and then they take him. Like, could Falcons, you imagine? I, I, yeah, I feel like the Falcons should trade up if they're going to do anything. Yeah, they should. That, that could be. So Drake London, not worried about him long term. But this week, the only reason you're having this question, Nick Salem, is because Drake London just had that big game. <laughs> Jaden Reed has been getting it done these past few weeks. I'm with you on this one. And the way that they're using Jaden Reed is just fantastic because they're not just throwing it to him. Obviously, they're throwing it to him as short passes or whatever, but they're getting him those touches in the ground game. It's just going to help. You know, obviously, you'll take any more extra utilization you can get, even if it's just three or four carries a game. He's ripping off 12, 15, 20-yard runs on these uh, on these run plays. So that's a huge boon, you know, when you go into a matchup. So I- I'm with you on this one. I'm going Jaden Reed pretty comfortably. I-, I was hoping that. So, I, I, you know, for me personally, like, I think Atlanta is a win-now team. Like, similar to the Jets, they're a win-now. They don't have as good of a defense, but, like, they're a win-now team. Um, offensive yeah. line, you know, defense is solid enough. You know, they're just a quarterback away. 
you know, and and kind mm-hmm. of similar to the Jets situation. So, like, you know, when you look at a guy like, you know, um, obviously Kirk Cousins had a bad Achilles injury, but like, you know, someone like that, you know, going to Atlanta, like, would have been perfect. And I feel yeah. like they would be Super Bowl contenders if that something like that were to happen. You know, because uh, yeah. you know you got a rookie quarterback, and there's some there could be some growing pains. Not every rookie quarterback is going to turn to CJ Stroud, right? Um, <laughs> I so, love how he's the baseline already. You know, he is thirteen he is. games, and he is. who who, very well. who, is, who has been a better rookie quarterback than him? I'd argue there's another one from Texas uh, from that's plays in Texas. Uh, he was drafted in 2016, the fourth round pick, 135. But that might just be the Cowboys fan <laughs> in me. So. <laughs> He went for in terms of fan, in terms of fantasy football, I'll give you CJ Stroud. He was a better player. You know what I'm saying? But we'll, we'll see what happens. Dak went into yeah, a very man. good situation in 2016. CJ Stroud stepped in. We weren't expecting anything, and that's what really just has made it so impressive with CJ Stroud because he came in. We weren't expecting anything from this offense, and now suddenly they're one of the best. And I don't want to say one of the best, but definitely up there. You know, they're not just lagging behind like a Bryce Young offense. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you place certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side by side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. OK, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the app store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the app store today. Brees Hall, uh, limited in practice on Thursday, uh, but it looks like he should be fine. He was limited with that same injury last ye- last week, and he was just fine. Um, we had a question from at row underscore Brito, 628. How, how much do you trust Brees Hall moving forward? Um, I, I trust Brees Hall a lot, um, especially yeah. with Zach Wilson back. Um, you know, <laughs> he he the type of opportunity that he's getting, the type of talent he's getting, he's an RB1, and I have him as an RB1 going into this week kind of a matchup independent guy for me like i'm not you know obviously a great matchup would be awesome but uh, i think he's somewhat matchup independent because of the type of volume that he's getting uh in the receiving game like it's absolutely bananas like i don't even care if he gets any work in the run game to be honest with you because i just look at it as a bonus it's just like 10 more tries to try to get a 90 yard touchdown um (laughs) that's literally how i look at last three games dude Nine targets, eight targets, nine targets, seven catches, six catches, eight catches, like, and eight for 86 and a touchdown. Dude, I would be happy if my wide receiver did that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Let alone my running back. So Miami is a tough matchup, no doubt about it, this week. But, you know, the last time that went up against Miami, he had a decent floor uh, because he was peppered in the receiving game. He had zero efficiency in that game. But look at at the quarterback. They were playing Tim Boyle on on that Black Friday game. So, yep. Uh, yeah, I, I trust him a lot, man. Uh, I think he's so talented, and like I would, I, I there's no way moving forward. Um, as long as the situation stays how it is right now, that you know, and things change week to week, like he has to be in lineups. Yeah, absolutely, and I trust him 100 percent too. Now you're not putting him in your lineup right now as an RB one. I think you're putting him in your lineup as an RB two, but he has the upside to be an RB one any given week because, like I mentioned, he's super talented. 
the thing that stands out to me the most, and it's funny that the, the timing of this question, I was just doing the research for the newsletter that just went out a couple, 40 minutes ago, you know, for today. And I put in for free, today's Saturday. Free newsletter. Free newsletter, guys, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Upperhandfantasy.com. Go subscribe. It's free in your mailbox every single morning. Okay. I'm sorry, Zach. No, you're good. But anyway, I was doing the stat of the day and I picked out Bruce Hall and there was just this number that stood out to me. Over the past four weeks, there are 25 players with 30 or more targets and there's one running back in those players. It's Brees Hall. He has a ridiculous targets per route run. He's second in targets per route run over the past four weeks behind only Tyreek Hill, 0.36. It's just ridiculous the way that he's getting targeted. And we know that this is going to be the case because of the quarterback situation in New York, but you can't ignore it. Like this is what's driving his ultra reliable fantasy output. He hasn't gone under 10 PPR points since week six. So this is fantastic if you have Brees Hall. Even like we've seen the offense for New York pull other players down. We saw Garrett Wilson kind of suffer a little bit. He was doing good. They switched Zach Wilson out. Then Tim Boyle really pulled him down. Brees Hall is the only one that has been truly independent of the offense in terms of his production. He's getting it done every single week. He It just shows you how talented he is. How You need to look at him as an RB1. As soon as this offense gets a quarterback, you know it's going to be amazing. And the offense starts clicking. But for right now, he's still also getting it done on his own. So I have a tremendous amount of trust in, in Brees Hall. I'm not worried about him the rest of the season or moving forward. He is that guy. You know, I think if Aaron Rodgers were playing, and I, we keep coming back to this, like we would be talking about both Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson as top 10 guys probably in fantasy football for next season. I love it. All right, let's hit some more news here. Um, we have... Let me ask you this, man. Do you think Tyreek Hill is going to play? He hasn't practiced yet this week. Do you think he's going to play? I am. So this is what this is the way I look at it. From uh, just an unbiased perspective, I'm going to say probably not. They don't have a reason to. You know, I think if you're going to, and I don't want to crap on the Jets, but if there's a game where you can get by without Tyreek Hill, uh, I think this is the one out of the next few that they have. So if they want to rest him for the game against Dallas next week, I think they might look at it and be like, wait, the odds, what is the opportunity cost here? You know, that kind of thing. I think that's what they're going to do. I don't think they're going to play him. I hope they he plays, though, because I really need him this week against you. If Tyreek Hill doesn't play, the Jets are winning this game. You think so? He's the MVP. That, Tyreek Hill is the MVP. He's the MVP. I have words. I have words, but this is not an MVP discussion <laughs> show. This is a fantasy, fantasy football show. Zach is like, maybe, maybe, get me started. maybe somewhere down the line, we'll have just a general NFL discussion show, or maybe sometime over the offseason, we'll do something like that. Just, you know, have different. We have to have an MVP. We have to have an MVP discussion sometime next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll do something right. like that, especially okay. like as, especially we could probably do that in like week 18, because at that point, the fans, like, Fantasy sure. championships are over. It's the lull before the playoffs and that kind of thing. Remember, you also can learn things from the playoffs. Remember, I, I don't want to. This is a bad example, but Gabe Davis had that huge game. You know that really affected the way he was drafted. <laughs> don't forget about the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Terrible example, but terrible you know, example because if you use that playoff game, like you guys screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing the post after that game. It was like the Gabe Davis dynasty managers, and it's the guy sitting there with all the money on the table. It was like, man, you, you were really feeling like you were missing out if you didn't have Gabe Davis after that game. But now look at how that panned out. But you just see how that can affect. You know, stocks going into the offseason, how quickly just one or two games can change the way a player is viewed. But that lull in week 18, maybe we should do that. That would probably be fun. Uh, Geno Smith, uh, it looks like he might end up playing this week, actually, because he got a limited on Thursday. They don't play until Monday. 
So there's a chance that he ends up going, which would be a great boost to these pass catchers. Um, Drew Lock didn't play that bad last week, um, no. you know, which was which was good to see. Um, but for, for you know, playing I think, against 49ers, I think, I'd, I'd say he played pretty well. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think this week, you know, the good matchup for these uh, wide receivers. So this is kind of what you want. So hopefully Gino can get it going. Um, we had a question around this uh, Packers backfield, okay, with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones got a limited, and uh, he was limited in practice on Thursday. You know, they play on Sunday. A.J. Dillon revealed that he had a broken thumb also. So mm-hmm. now we're looking at a situation where, all right, well, like if Aaron Jones can't go and if AJ Dillon can't go. Like, what do I do? And I feel like every single week we got the questions around, like, hey, like, should I wait around for Aaron Jones to see if he plays? Like, the answer to that is always no. Right now, <laughs> right. Uh, at social underscore Drew underscore eight hundred five, he he asked, you know, what is the running back Packers running back situation? I added Patrick Taylor just in case you approve, and I think that is the move, right? Because there's a chance that both these guys don't play, right? Aaron Jones, you know, who knows if he's going to end up suiting up. Even if he does, he might be end up being limited. Um, if you're choosing between somebody on Saturday and Sunday and Aaron Jones on Sunday, I'll probably choose the – if it's close, I'll probably choose the guy on Saturday because I wouldn't I wouldn't assume that Aaron Jones is going to play. Even if he does suit up, I, I would imagine this being some sort of timeshare. If Aaron Jones does suit up and then A.J. Dillon doesn't play, is there a situation where – Aaron Jones ends up getting all the work. I still don't know if that's the case because of the fact that he's coming off the injury, right? And he could be less than 100%. And then they end up giving Patrick Taylor a whole bunch of touches um, to compliment Aaron Jones. Or both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are out, in which case Patrick Taylor becomes like an upside flex play, right? He's been efficient on his touches recently. So, you know, it's one of those situations. Now, if I have Aaron Jones and I don't have another running back, I'm probably picking up Patrick Taylor here. You know, just in case. Mm-hmm. I think you absolutely have to. That's the only course of action given the way that the other two running backs are in this backfield. So for me, I think I'm going to try and qualify it here. If if Aaron Jones plays, I think we can assume that he's not going to get like this full workload. Like that's the way we look at it. He's probably going to be playing less than 100%, but he would still play. That's assuming that A.J. Dillon is out. If A.J. Dillon plays, I think he's going to have a stranglehold on the touches in the backfield. Even if Aaron Jones plays, just because I don't think they want to run Aaron Jones into the ground at this point. He's just been like glass this whole season. And then Patrick Taylor, I think you look at it, is going to be useful only if both of those running backs are out. Now, I'm not saying he can't be useful if Aaron Jones plays, A.J. Dillon is out, because then Patrick Taylor would probably be mixing in a little bit, but he wouldn't have the utilization that he would have if both of them were out. But like you mentioned, the way that things are trending, we know we don't want to wait on Aaron Jones. I would assume, based on what we've seen these past few weeks, that he doesn't play again. <laughs> and then A.J. Dillon, if he doesn't play, you know, he's trending towards not playing. He hasn't practiced. I don't know what they do. It, it, it's, it's a thumb. You know, they could probably tie it in here or something. If you're on YouTube, I don't know if we're doing this on YouTube or whatever, but I'm showing you. I'm holding my hand up. Like, I don't know if they how they deal with a thumb injury, but I feel like that's something maybe he could play through because he played through it at the end of the game last week. We'll see what happens. But if both of them end up not going, like Patrick Taylor, you know, we would approve. Yes, Social Drew 805. Or so Cal drew eight oh five. Um, we would approve of picking up Patrick Taylor in that in that case. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, Alexander Madison, he's already been ruled out for this game against the Bengals. So yep. Ty Chandler, I think, is going to assume all the work. Uh, I think he's going to be, you know, getting all the snaps, getting all the work. Um, you know, just because Alexander Madison couldn't get it done, with all the work that he got early on in the year, doesn't mean that we should assume the same for Ty Chandler. I, I think Ty Chandler is going to have an opportunity here, and I think he is going to be a low-end RB2 for me just based on volume alone. And like I mentioned a couple times this week, I think Chandler has a lot more explosiveness than Madison does. Madison you know, hasn't showed any of that this year. Chandler has shown some in limited opportunities. So I right. do think that Chandler, you know, I, I wouldn't hesitate to put Chandler in my lineup this week if I need help in my flex or in my RB2 spot. You know, let's say I lost Josh Jacobs, you know, and I'll be happy, you know, to have Chandler go into my lineup if that's the case. I hear you. Do you think, are you treating Ty Chandler this week as the same way that you did with Zeke last week? Like, I, I, no. I know it's a little different, like, but I'm treating, you, I, I, so I'll, I'll give you, how, how's this? How's this? I would say, like, let's look at or compare that situation. Let's also compare to last night, right, with Zemir White, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I, w- I would say, like, my mindset going into the games was definitely Zeke first. Um, and the reason for that is because he was already getting a, a solid volume, and he was already involved in the receiving game, too, before Ramondre Stevenson got hurt, right? So, like, right. we've seen that, and we've seen what the Patriots trusted him to do before Ramondre got hurt. So yeah. that was kind of like, all right, we know what's going to happen there. The next up, to be honest with you, if I had Ty Chandler on my roster last night, I would have played him over Zamir White. And because okay. the reason for that is because I trust that I trust the Vikings offense a little bit more. I trust that system a little bit more. I trust Frost, the Raiders scored 63 points. <laughs> I know. You I trust know. the Vikings offense? You uh, think they're putting up 63? Well, I, no, listen, they also days. scored uh, zero the week before. So, right, like, right, right. I didn't really have that the Vikings context. scored three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was against, it was right. against the Raiders. So it's like, it was against the Raiders. Yeah, the lines true. are crossing um, here. There's probably a reason why they, they benched their quarterback. Um, yeah, probably. But, you know, I, I think I think Chandler would have had a little bit more upside in terms of like more upside in the receiving game, potentially, you know, that sort of thing. So I would have leaned in that direction just by a hair. Um, but uh, but yeah no I think I think I think he's a solid play. Um, but similar situation, low end RB two. Um, I'll be fine putting him in my lineup this week. Right, I'm with you on that one. Now I know you've yeah. you've been on Ty Chandler a little bit more than I have. Um, I'm not a huge huge fan of Ty Chandler, but you can't deny the situation that he's stepping into. He has his opportunity. I'm with you on this one. I, I don't think I'm going to fight you. But er- earlier in the I, year, I've been like, why are we even talking about Ty Chandler? I, I was not, not a Ty I'm Chandler not- guy. I'm not on Ty Chandler. You know, it's one of those situations where, like, w- if you have a Jag, right, as a starter, yeah, you kind of have to be conscious of, like, 
the the, the possibilities of backfields uh, shifting, right? And it's like, well, you know, you kind of have to like pay attention to the guys like Ted Chandler, right? Because of the fact that like if the coaches just like him more and he's popping a little bit more and he has a jag in front of him, you got to pay attention because then yeah. Ty Chandler can turn into Kyron Williams, right? You know, yeah. things like that, right? It's like it's one of those type of situations where, you know, it's like what, let's see what these running backs can do with opportunity, you know? Yep. And Cam Akers, you know, was getting opportunity over Kyron Williams last year, like all year long. You know, yep. um, I hear you. there was no competition there. Kyron Williams was never even in the conversation. Now, I will say that in terms of being a prospect, Kyron Williams was a much better prospect. No doubt about it. I liked Kyron Williams coming out. I did not like Ty Chandler at all. Uh, but, you know, saw him pop here and there in the preseason. He's been a preseason darling. So, you know, that, that's 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 really where that comes from. Um, right. Ho- Hollywood returned to practice this Thursday. How are you dealing with Marquise Brown, man? Apparently, he still has that heel injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He came back on Thursday, which is great. Um, you know, 49ers this week, decent matchup. He could get it done. He had the heel injury like two games ago, not two weeks ago, because they had their bye, and he was fine in that game. But, <laughs> you know, put up the donut the week before the bye. Obviously, he left that game early. But, yeah. like, how are you treating Hollywood Brown moving forward, man? Like, this is a, this is a tough situation. To, to navigate right so when hollywood brown originally came back you know, when he was you know, part of when kyle when kyler murray came back you know i was thinking we'd see trey mcbride take over some targets you're like okay this guy might be have a chance to be the number two to marquise brown at this point you know once kyler murray's back because the offense should take a step forward but it's been the opposite you flip it because now marquise brown is second second fiddle to trey mcbride here so Anything for me being confident in Marquise Brown getting that target share like he had last year with Kyler Murray like is out the window. I don't trust Marquise Brown a whole lot. I don't think that the Cardinals are going to stick around in this one very long. They might be throwing it a lot, but from what we've seen this season, there's next to no upside in playing Marquise Brown. You know, unless he scores a touchdown, I, I don't really want to trust him. And I think that makes him at best a flex play for me for me this week. I don't really want to trust him as my wide receiver three because I think if I had to make the choice between Marquise Brown and Trey McBride in my offense, like if, if I'm looking at a flex and I could choose between Marquise Brown and Trey McBride, who, who are you going to pick? Like, I'm obviously going to pick Trey McBride. Like, that's yeah, where I'm at with this. The target sh- yeah, the target share hasn't been anywhere near where it needs to be for Marquise Brown for us to trust him. And the fact that he's not scoring touchdowns, the offense hasn't looked e- like tremendously better with Kyler Murray. You know, I don't, I don't want to take away from what Kyler Murray's doing either. He's playing all right. But I thought that this was going to be what we had seen towards the end of last season where Marquise Brown was a wide receiver one in points per game over the last seven or eight games. And it hasn't, you know, played out this season. I don't want to just completely rule it out from happening again. But you look at the matchup, you know, the, the 49ers are just blowing teams out. There's not going to be a whole lot of scoring upside to be had. I don't like Marquise Brown's anything more than a flex play. And if, if you're getting him back, and you're like, oh, he put up zero in my lineup. I'll put him in my lineup again. I'm, I'm definitely down for expectations. I, I, I don't like the upside in this one. I have him as my wide receiver 39 on the week. So he's a wide receiver four flex play for me. Let's see. We had a couple more questions here. Let, let me hit some news and some questions related to it. Isaiah Pacheco, uh, you know, he didn't practice on Thursday. Has he been ruled out? But Because I feel like he will be soon. Um, I don't think he's going to play this week. Similar situation yeah. as last week, McKinnon and CEH. Um, I think both of these guys are like flex plays. Like I wouldn't even consider either of them uh, in the RB2 range personally. Right. Um, Darren Waller, uh, he was designated to return. He could make his return this week. 
could be limited this week. Like, you know, I actually, we did get a question around Waller in terms of like, you know, should we be trusting him or not? Um, at Jin N Jass asks Ferguson or Waller if he plays, right? And, you know, it, there's a chance that Waller ends up being limited. I do think at some point he's going to be their number one wide receiver once again because uh, they don't really have one um, outside of Saquon. And even Saquon's not getting a ton of targets. So there, there's, there's, he can walk into some good opportunity, even with DeVito. And then he really showed some really, really good rapport with Tyrod Taylor. Um, so, you yeah. know, there's some upside here and some really good matchups coming up here. If I had Ferguson, like, there's no way that I'm going to stick Waller uh, over Ferguson for me. Like, this is a good matchup for Ferguson. Like, on paper, like, Buffalo doesn't seem like a great matchup for tight ends. But, you know, they're actually, like, near the bottom and giving up fantasy points. But I like Ferguson in this one. I have him at six this week. Um, the Bills, they play two high safeties at the third highest rate in the league. And Ferguson has the fourth highest yards per route run against that coverage this year. So uh, I, I think he does have a little bit of a matchup advantage this week, even though it might not seem like it on paper. So um, if I'm in this situation personally, I'm, I'm definitely going Ferguson. Yeah, I, I want to go Ferguson, but I will add the caveat. Like we talked about, the weather might be a factor here. I don't want to just buy into that. I mean, we saw that. We were like, oh, I, I, one of my concerns last week, it was the Jets-Texans game. It's like, oh, we're not going to have any you know, fantasy value. Here. These players are going to be dropping the ball. It's wet, windy, or whatever. And Garrett Wilson had a big game. Brees Hall had a big game. I don't want to just chalk it up to the weather. But I, I think there's maybe a question in my mind. Like, Waller's going to be up there in that low tight end one range if he plays. But I think you have to look at the offenses here the way that Jake Ferguson's being used. He's had at least seven targets in four of his past six games. You know, he has four touchdowns in his past seven games. Like, he's become a big part of this Cowboys offense. He's arguably a second target behind CeeDee Lamb. I, I think I would lean Ferguson here, too, but it's close. You know, I, I get the intrigue with Waller if he comes back because you've been missing him in your lineup. He looked good before he went out. I get the intrigue, but I think I would lean Ferguson here as well, but it's close. You know, like, if you want to put Waller in, I, I guess you could. But I, I think you just, like you mentioned, the matchup is better for Ferguson than, you know, the Giants against the Saints. So I, I, I think I'm going to go with Ferguson here, too. Um, Dalton Schultz practicing full. That's good to see, but he might not have his quarterback this week. Are you uh, avoiding Schultz if CJ Stroud doesn't go? Yeah, even I, I without so. Even without the wide receivers there? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. I don't yeah. trust Davis Mills. You know, that's the whole thing. We saw we got a whole season of him last season. And obviously, Dalton Schultz wasn't there for that. But the, the passing game is just not going to be there this week if Davis Mills is the one throwing the passes, especially without any of his top weapons. Tank Dell is going to be – he's obviously out. You know, you look at Nico Collins. I don't think he's going to play. Dalton Schultz will come back. He might catch four or five passes. But, like, it's going to be relatively modest output this season, uh, not th this week at best. Like, there's no upside to chase here. So I'm just avoiding him for that purpose. You could probably scoop up another tight end off the waiver wire with more upside at, at this point. Let's hit some more questions here. Uh, at Ben.Gurz asks <laughs> Garrett Wilson <laughs> or Zach Moss as a, as a flex play this week. Yeah, you got? That, that one. Mm, Zach Moss has had fantastic usage, and I really want to cling to that. But Garrett Wilson has been – he's played very well with – Zach Wilson at quarterback. So I think I'm going to stick with the Wilson Wilson connection. I'm going to go Garrett Wilson just because he's had a fantastic floor. If you if he's your flex play, like that's a really good spot to be in. We've seen Zach Moss these past two weeks get the utilization. Production hasn't been there. But I think it's going to take a touchdown for him to get things done. You know, if you really want him to have the same type of production as Garrett Wilson, who doesn't need a touchdown? 
to get things done. So I, I think Garrett Wilson here is the pick for me. He has a target share on lock with Zach Wilson there. It's just a pretty much like who is doing more with their work right now. <laughs> Zach Moss hasn't done it these past two weeks. Garrett Wilson has, and we have a pretty large sample size of Garrett Wilson getting it done. Like you said, I think you, we just put out a reel about it a couple couple days ago, talking about how reliable Garrett Wilson has been on the work that he's gotten. So I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson here. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. That's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Good luck this week. I'll be live on Sunday once again uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So please join me then. Until then, guys, see you later. Bye-bye.